0: So today's scripture comes from the first chapter of Genesis, which I think is an incredible source of some of the foundational beliefs of Christian faith. Um, The passage that we're going to look at is a passage about creation. Out of nothing we know, God created everything. God created the heavens and the earth, the air and the wind, and every living creature. And after creating everything... We know what happens after that, God rested. Now, I want to point out that in Genesis, there are actually two different creation stories. The first one is found in chapter 1, and that one takes a a, a cosmic approach. It it gives us the big picture of things. And then the second creation story is found in chapter 2, verse 4, and that one deals with uh, humanity. Um, It's where we get introduced to Adam and Eve. Now, my focus is on the first creation story. And as we listen to this scripture, I'd like us to consider what it might teach us about stewardship. So let's listen to our scripture. Um, I'll begin in chapter 1 with verse 26. And the scripture reads, Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life. I have given every green, pl- green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he made, and indeed, it was good. Now, stewardship is a, a message we often hear in the fall. We're accustomed to hearing about it. It's the time of year when we start thinking about new budgets and and making new financial commitments. It's the time of year when we are challenged to think carefully about our giving. But stewardship involves more than just giving, and it involves more than money. So in this month's sermon series, I'd like us to spend some time reimagining what stewardship is all about. And I'd like for us to look at it in a holistic way, including how it impacts the way we think and the way we act. And I suspect, though, that when we think of stewardship, we often think about Scripture passages that speak of widow's mites and passages that talk of uh, rendering unto God the things that are God's. I also suspect that the first chapter of Genesis isn't one of those scripture passages that immediately comes to mind when we start thinking about stewardship. And yet, I believe this scripture can stimulate our thinking on stewardship. Of course, you may be wondering, what on earth does Genesis and the creation story have to do with any of this? Are we going to talk about Adam and Eve being good stewards of fig leaves or uh, not wasting any of the food found in the Garden of Eden? Well, that's not really the direction that I want to go. But my hope is we will make some important connections between creation and stewardship. And I think both of these offer us the opportunity to examine ourselves. They get us thinking about who we are, why we are here, and what life is all about. Now, both creation and stewardship get us asking questions like, how should we understand our lives and all that we have? What's our relationship to God and to everything God has created? Now, the word that we Christians use to describe our relationship to God and all the things that God has made is the word, Steward. However, I want to point out that the word steward is not found in Genesis chapter 1, and it's really uncommon in much of the Old Testament. And nowhere is humanity explicitly described as a steward of God's creation. But in verse 26 of our passage, God says, Let us make humankind in our image. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, and on and on it goes, including every living thing. And one of the key words in that verse is the word dominion. Now there's been a great deal of discussion about what that means. Many people have come to relate dominion to what monarchs do. A king, for example, is expected to care for the people under his rule. So to say that people have dominion over this world means that we are called to care for God's creation in the way that a king cares for the well-being and the prosperity of his people. It means that we have the responsibility to take care of everything that God has entrusted to us. Now, in the New Testament, the word steward is rooted in the Greek word oikonomos, which literally means the manager of a household. Now, if you were a steward in ancient Greek culture, you were not the owner of a house. You were just the manager. And your responsibilities included things like making sure the house is clean, uh, the servants are managed, and, and the handling of finances. So, in other words, a steward is someone who is responsible for the property and the goods of another person. A steward takes care of and manages wisely the things that have been entrusted to him or her. And we Christians have come to use the word stewardship to describe our responsibility to manage wisely the goods that are in our possession. And the assumption is that we really don't own anything. Rather, everything in this world, everything that we have, ultimately belongs to God. We're not the owners. We're just stewards. But stewardship goes beyond managing what we have. And I think a a good way to talk about this is to think of stewardship as an altar table. Now, as a whole, this table represents our worship of God which really is the root of Christian stewardship. Everything that we do, everything that we use, all the possessions that we have can be used in such a way that we glorify God. It can be done as an act of worship. Now, this altar table is supported by four legs, which represent love, self-reflection, gratitude, and generosity. Good stewardship depends on these four things. And when we bring them together in the way that we live, our lives really are one giant act of worship. Now, there are connections here between each of these four things and the creation story, and I'd like to spend a couple minutes talking about this. So let's start with the word love. Uh, Love really is the beginning of stewardship. In Genesis chapter 1, we we learn that God loved life so much that creation is brought into existence. And we're included in this. God created us out of love and then shares his entire creation with us. But God didn't stop there. God offers us the ultimate gift of love in Jesus Christ, who redeems us in the present and gives us hope for the future. But the point I want you to remember is that stewardship doesn't begin with what we do. It begins with God's love. And stewards understand this. They embrace God's precious gift of love, and they respond by sharing God's love with others, by sharing love with God's entire creation. Let's move on to the second leg, which is self-reflection. I think it's important to hold up a mirror and look at ourselves and and look at what kind of people we are and what kind of people we're striving to be. And when we don't take the time to reflect on things like this, we tend to forget what's really important, and that affects the way we live. It even affects our stewardship. Now, the creation story reminds us of two significant things about who we are. First, it tells us that we're made in God's image. In verse 27, it it says, God created humankind in his image, the image of God. He created them, male and female. He created them. And this is significant because there's something divine about each of us. And let's not lose sight of that. And the second point that we find in the creation story is that it reminds us that we're good. Now, we we do get marred by sin. But the scripture says that when God had finished creating on the 6th day, he looked around at everything he had made and saw that it was very good. We're a part of this. We are a part of God's good creation. And so goodness is at the core of who we are now when we forget who we are and what God says about us we lose sight of what we're called to do and then we become poor stewards of what's been entrusted to us but the Bible tells us here in Genesis what we're called to do it says that we are called to to multiply be fruitful and multiply and that's another way of saying we're called to participate in God's work of creation. God wants us to be involved in this work. And that's an important part about what stewardship is all about. Now, when we set aside time for self-reflection, we're better able to stay grounded in who we are and what we're called to do. And this helps us stay on the right path. It helps us make good choices about the kind of people we want to be. Now, another way to look at this is to say that Self-reflection is a way of planning for the future. It gets us looking ahead to see where our lives are headed. And then if that's where we're going to go, then we'll make the appropriate adjustments and changes so that we really can become the the kind of people that we strive to be. But a lot of people don't do this. Uh, A lot of people may be good at planning, but they don't plan for the way they Um, are living for the kind of people they want to be. They might be good at things like strategic planning in their jobs or even planning out a vacation. But they fail to consider the kind of people that they're trying to be. And this is where self-reflection comes in. It helps us reflect on where we've been and where we're headed. And both of these are needed in being a good steward. The third leg on our table is gratitude now gratitude simply means to say thank you to the giver of a gift in the creation story we have many reasons to give thanks the lord has given us life and food and even the power to create and then god shares this wonderful creation with us and wants us to enjoy it it's here for our benefit And we should respond with grateful hearts. But living with gratitude is more than just good manners. When we live with gratitude, we're actually tapping into a powerful force. It changes us. Our spirits and our outlook on life get transformed. In fact, gratitude is such a powerful force that it's a great remedy for discouragement. If you find yourself down or depressed... I would encourage you to to find something in life that you can be grateful for. Write it down in a journal. Share it with a, a friend or a family member. But try to see the things in life that you can appreciate. And in the process of doing this, you'll find your spirit changing. And that's the power of gratitude. Gratitude Shapes us, it transforms us, and it makes us into good stewards. And then we get to the final leg on our table. And it, it's the leg of generosity. And in creating the world and all its creatures, God generously shares what's needed with every living thing. And what we see in the creation story is a world of abundance There are no signs of hunger because every creature is cared for. There's food for all. God has lavished his creation with everything that's needed. And all of this is done out of generosity. It's done out of God's love for us. Now, when we act with generosity, we're communicating that we really do love others. And that's what charity is all about. In fact, the word charity literally means love of humanity. And we show our love to the poor, for example, or to the hunger, hungry, by doing things that help meet their needs. So when we act with generosity, we are sharing love with others. It's, it's the way that we express the love of God that's within our hearts. And so, generosity is about opening up our hearts, our hands, and our wallets, and sharing love with other folks. And I've noticed that when people are filled with God's love, they become generous in spirit, word, and deed. So, as we seek a a more holistic understanding of stewardship, we learn quite a a few things from the creation story. It has a lot to teach us about love, self-reflection, gratitude, and generosity. Each of these play a supporting role. Each of these helps us to, to be a good steward in all that God has entrusted to us. And when we bring these things together in our own lives, our lives do look like a giant act of worship. Everything we do can glorify God. And this includes the way we use our money, our time, our talents, and our assets. And when we willingly offer these things in service to God, our church will always have more than enough to carry out the work and the ministry that God calls us to do. I want to encourage you to consider what you might do to strengthen how you practice stewardship. Maybe you need to focus on one of the four legs on the table that I've described. Maybe you could focus on love or self-reflection, gratitude or generosity. Maybe you want to focus on all four of those things. But give some attention to this so that you might grow in your faith and become a better steward of all the things that God has entrusted to you. In just a moment, we're going to celebrate communion, the Lord's Supper, And this ritual reminds us of the great and generous love that God shares with us through Jesus Christ. Jesus shows us through the way that he lived his life how to be a good steward. He lived with love and with gratitude and generosity. And I hope we will remember these things as we celebrate the Lord's Supper today. And so I want to invite you to remember his example. But I also invite you to remember his life and his death. All the things that God has done for us through Jesus Christ. Remember that he died on the cross for our sins. Remember that Jesus has also promised to come back to us. And that he walks with us each and every day. God has done so much for us through the gift of his son. And we should be thankful for this. So let's take a moment now and offer our prayers to God. Would you pray with me?